What is up, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of Just Another Sports Podcast. Greg Swatek, Alan Etzler, pleased to welcome back Josh Smith. Uh, uh, I'm here. Week, Josh was on assignment last week, <laughs> as, he, as, he, as he sometimes is. So, Unfortunately, we can't drink in here. I mean, Chris Sands just had a bunch of the host of the, like of the Uncapped here. Podcast. I mean, maybe we could get drunk on the fumes the or something like high. that. So, But... um. We can't drink while we record here because Chris took all the beer with him uh, on his way out. We all so. know, like it's, it is blatantly clear as we came in here why Chris Sands does that podcast because somebody came in here and literally left like a case of beer for him. Yeah, and I don't know what he does. I'm assuming he goes and drinks that. It but, is uh, it is blatantly clear he has the best job in the world. Yeah. So uh, do you still have that beer in your pocket? By the no, way, no, I took it. Uh, oh, I, you did. I knew he would probably smash me if he saw what, me. What, what an honest. Yeah. Uh, guy you are I, I, I pictured the scene like I like I said like Chris would walk in and he immediately noticed something was amiss <laughs> like there's a beer missing wait he would, he'll just stop and every, like, everyone freeze he would like smell the air or something like wait a second it'd be like someone a, yeah it'd be like a hound, it'd be beer. like a hound dog putting his nose in the air like exactly. noticing something was off so so no drinking on this uh, episode um, but uh, the NFL combine is going on and Josh and I were talking about this last night is there a more sort of irrelevant event that a lot of people are absolutely fascinated with in sports than than the NFL Combine? I mean, like what That's a good way of putting it. Like what happens at the NFL Combine that dramatically changes the season, has any sort of impact on the season? Like Joe Burrow, we know he's a pretty good quarterback, right? If he runs a four, well, he has tiny hands, so he's going to yeah. slip down the draft board. Apparently, <laughs> and, and, and he had a great tweet, like he was talking about maybe he'll have to retire because of his small hands. Pray, so pray for me or something. Right? Did he say that? Yeah, ex- exactly. So and I think Patrick Mahomes said that he's doing pretty well with his small hands. So I'll tell you um, who didn't. Dante Culpepper had small hands, and that was an issue for him like throughout his career because he fumbled constantly. I think I was an athletic freak, though. He was, he? but yeah. he fumbled and, a lot. And all he had to do was just throw it yeah. as far as he could. Yeah, but Rand, he still, Randy Moss fun, he still fumbled it. a lot. Yeah, but like a football player, to borrow like a Ray Lewis phrase here, football players are football players. So, um, yeah, I, I'm fascinated by the Combine. I love watching it. I don't draw anything from it. Right, that, that's what I mean. You know, you enjoy watching it? Yeah, I, re- I really do enjoy watching it. I, I think... I think Part of the allure is the pageantry of it is, you know, watching guys race, run as fast as they can. So running the 40. I mean, I like to watch guys, the quarterbacks throw and the receivers run routes and stuff, but I don't draw anything from it because no one's in pads. Yeah, I, I don't watch it. I mean, I think I I, I do. Uh, it also helps you get familiar with some of the smaller school guys. Yeah. My team is just bound to take at some point. Yeah, I mean, but I, I usually, I guess I'm following up on that stuff after the combine's over. I'm not watching it. I'm not paying attention to it as it's happening um, to draw any conclusions from it or whatever. I do like to watch them run the 40 and see how fast, see who the fastest guy is. It's normally the only thing. Or, the, or the, the bench reps. Says that's kind for, of interesting. Well, the 40 says the former sprinter. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's always fascinated me, and I've always, I've always wondered why they still don't do that NFL's fastest man competition, and I guess they did some sort of a weird event like that within the last year. Um, and I don't even remember who won it. It may have been, uh, what's his name? Ross? John Ross? Is that his name? Uh, the Bengals, yeah. He may have won it. But yeah. anyway, I mean, that's the only thing I'm No, it's just in. funny, like, how, like, 
the the thing that amuses me is like all the conversation after the yeah, combine, like yes. how everyone's draft stock is suddenly like Joe Burrow will he be the number one pick or will he be the number five pick because he ran a four eight forty or his hands are too small or like all these irrelevant things that seem to dramatically alter what people think or where people might be taken and stuff like that. That sort of is the part that amuses me. It's like how much stock that people put in a, a bench press or a vertical leap or a 40 time or a just a practice rep and and how it might dramatically alter where they're taken in the draft yeah like who's the last guy that that happened for that was a that was a what do they call them like combine uh i don't know prizes or i don't know what they call them there's a name that people give them these people that these players that sort of pop at the combine and end up seeing their draft draft stock climb incredibly i think the who was the um the guy who ended up the Cowboys took that cornerback who broke the I think it was the world record at the time for the for the broad jump the standing broad jump who's the cornerback that I'm thinking of he played at Connecticut I think uh Byron Jones Byron Jones yeah he's he, actually really good now. he's really good yeah. but he was the last guy I can remember who no one really no one knew much about him until his combine performance and then it, and then his stock rose. it actually and worked he got, out he got drafted pretty high and he's like a Pro Bowl, yeah. You get player. those stories, but most of the time, it do, most of the time, it doesn't mean anything, though. Yeah. Well, um, like a player is going to be again. It's what you do on the field, not what you do in and in, in these various drills think, or whatever. I think a, a big part of the combine is confirmation. Yeah, well, when that, you when you see when you expect like, oh, this guy's going to do that, and then he, he goes does. and does that. I think there's some value in that. Well, but, and what you mentioned earlier, I think, is also big um it's big for the guys that aren't known that come from yeah. the smaller schools and then may make a name for themselves there and um suddenly they're in meetings with all these different teams and uh you know next thing you know they get picked in the fourth round or something yeah i, I think that's the biggest part of the combine is the team interviews and stuff because the teams get a chance to talk with these guys for 15 minutes yeah. and ask questions uh some weird questions get leaked out uh and some inappropriate questions uh get leaked out too but it's it's the chance for the team to talk to these guys, see what they're about beyond uh, football and, 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 and what they're doing um, just away from the game and, and stuff like that. So I, I think that's the biggest takeaway for these teams, is just getting to know these guys a little bit and what type of people they are. I, I think that's a bigger takeaway than, than just the athletic stuff that's going on. Is there anybody uh, in this year's class that we're – Everyone's clamoring to see perform. Is it Tua because he was hurt? Or yeah, the hip injury, there, right? Who he, else? He, he's Mr. Combine. Um, uh, I, I think it's a given that Burrow's going to go number one to the Bengals. Uh, there, there was a little firestorm this week that he had to put out because people were sensing that he didn't really want to play for the Bengals. So so he had to, in his interview, he had to say, no, if the Bengals take me, I'm, I'm fine with it. But uh, but who really wants to play for the Bengals? <laughs> right, it's sort of like playing. Well, sort of like playing for the Browns. So like, who wants to play for them uh, too? Um, but yeah, Atua is the guy that who could go really high in the draft. That, that there are major, major questions about. So I, I'd say, him. I want, does anybody? In, while we're talking about Alabama, I want to see the Alabama receivers. Yes. Because there's three of them. And yeah. I'm still not sure who the best one right. is. Same with LSU, fastest. right? Well, yeah, but I don't think all of them are dra- in the draft. But oh, yes. right, right. Some, a couple of them Well, if they took cash right. from Odell Beckham at the uh, at the national championship game, they might be in the <laughs> yeah. draft because they'll, be they'll be ineligible <laughs> to come back to college. So, Is there um is there anybody in this room that thinks Tua is not going to be drafted in the first, say, I don't even know who who picks in the top five, but top five? Like, he's going to go, So right? Miami is five. Okay. And I think – 
I think that's the landing spot for him. He, he's been pegged for the Dolphins for the longest time. Yeah. It's like tank, they're tanking for Tua. There's, and, there's uh, just no way to – I don't care what his injury history is. I I just – it doesn't matter. I think he is going to be a top five pick. Yeah, but, I could see him falling to seven with the Chargers, and I don't see him falling farther than that. But I think I've heard you say before, and I sort of agree with you, Josh, that you don't think that Tua is going to be a very good NFL quarterback. Uh, well, I mean, it all goes back to his injuries. He he's he hasn't played uh, a healthy year yet in college, and I don't know that that's going to change. More importantly, he's reckless. Yeah, he exactly. He doesn't. That's why he gets he hurt. Doesn't try to take care of himself. Um, I mean, I'm not questioning his arm or his decision making or um, athletic ability. It's just I don't. What is his ceiling? Yeah, I exactly. I no, I'm, I'm asking. What do you think his ceiling? He is? could be like a Russell Wilson type quarterback. I, I think. I think that's that the ceiling. Is probably yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. What's his What's uh, his floor? His floor is he could, he could just be. Uh well, well uh, just a backup quarterback I I, I think so he can, yeah he, I don't he, think... he can wash out of the league quickly due to injury or just poor play I'm not saying he's not going to be a decent and decent quarterback and he's not going to be he's not he's not going to be Joe Burrow though but, I, I don't think yeah uh, Burrow is going to win a Super Bowl with the Bengals in five years it's it's very possible <laughs> it, it, absolutely it, no chance. Wow. There's, they have a lot of work to do, but like that's the league is such that the Bengals don't care about winning. You get a good quarterback though, and you surround them with the right pieces. Well, that that that's that, that's if they what, what that. you just said. Putting the right team around them is is the big key. And the bank are the Bengals capable of that? Ten, ten years. I, I think I even said it previously. I didn't say it five. I said within ten years you would win a Super Bowl. All right. Ten years, I think, is pretty safe. Well, the landscape of the league can change a lot. In Absolutely. 10 years, so. Yeah. I do want to jump in real, real quick. You mentioned the fastest man in the league. Yeah. Uh, it was Marquise Goodwin. All right. You're 49ers boy, right? Who, who beat out Dante Jackson. Okay. But that competition will forever have an asterisk because Tyreek Hill was not invited. That's right. Yeah, I mean, it's that's the thing about that. That has the ability that or that has the – that could be a really cool event if the right guys showed up, almost yeah. like the dunk contest, right? Right. But um, it used to be really – it used to be when Daryl Green – would win it all those all those years i think it was pretty prestigious and i i mean i don't know if the the cream of the crop really went he was always there but i mean i, I would watch that i would tune in if that was like a televised event not a pay-per-view i think that was a pay-per-view which oh, is God, really weird and i was certainly not gonna do that speaking of which not to change subjects would any of you pay what was it 80 dollars? hold on we'll get to that 80 dollars to hold watch on. that fight we'll get to that yeah yeah. Did you pay eighty dollars to watch that fight? I, I didn't. Okay, good. Going going back to the sprinting, I think Tyreek Hill. I, I don't know if he said it or someone said it for him, but talking about like maybe trying out for the U.S. Uh, Olympic team, and they asked Usain Bolt about this, and Bolt said he's got no chance to make the, you, the, the, the Olympic see, team. Did you ever see him run the forty? He ran the forty a couple years ago. It wasn't even he had retired already, and Usain Bolt ran the forty in like four one six or something. I yeah. had to look this up, but that, that's actually I think he like broke the record for the forty yard dash. And, and, and Bolt says he'll, he'll would have no shot to make the Olympic team just because what you don't appreciate about those sprinters is they have to do it over and over and over like the reps. I mean, they have right. heats to run, so so your endurance is is affected, and we're, and all this stuff is we're talking hundreds of a second makes a huge difference. So he said Hill just wouldn't have the endurance to, to go through all the trials and the reps and stuff and, and still maintain his top-end speed. So so that that's what you sort of take for granted when you're watching these Olympic sprinters is they're doing this a lot in a short period of time. Okay, I found what I was talking about. Usain Bolt ran the 40-yard dash a year ago, February 2nd, 2019, 
and ran it in 4.22 seconds, which was uh, tied the NFL's fastest ever. And he did it, and he wasn't even wearing spikes. And he's obviously he retired, so it's not like he's in training. So imagine how fast he, was he, probably, could run he probably that. wasn't even going all out. And either. Right. he's Usain Bolt, and his starts are notoriously slow, average to slow because of his large frame. So. Imagine if he trained for it, what he could do in the 40 yeah, And he never, like, even in some of his world record Olympic runs, it looks like he was, like, slowing yeah. down yeah. Uh, near the he end. He was. Um, so, like, the guy, <laughs> he's not known for maximum effort, um, uh, Usain Bolt, but, but, he, but he still puts up uh, record times. So, but, but he said Tyreek Hill wouldn't have a chance to qualify for the U.S. Olympic team. So, um. Did we want to talk about the Tyson Fury? Um, I didn't even see. I fight. saw hardly anything of it. I mean, I, I don't think I even saw any highlights of it. But I, I saw some highlights. Tried to stream it. Streaming boxing is just about impossible. Really? Yeah, it's very difficult. Um, that was going to be my my scene, but I'll just go ahead. Well, we uh, can you can do your scene right now. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, these boxing pay per views are absurd. Yeah. And it's worse, and it's worse than a UFC pay per view because I know, a, I know why. Yeah. A UFC they stack cards. Yeah. If they're going to charge you seventy dollars, it's because you're getting three, four, five good fights. You get one thing, one thing you even know anybody in the fight if you're watching a boxing fight. Nobody knows any other boxer on that card that night. How many fights are on the card generally? Do you know? I don't know. Okay, yeah, yeah. like probably five or six. Five or six. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but I, I don't. I didn't know any of the people that I like. I was scroll through Twitter and try to see stuff, and people would show some. Like there was a pretty bad knockout right before the main event. Um, but I didn't hurt any of those either of those guys. So I, I just can't understand why these well, pay per views are eighty freaking dollars. It's probably because they're. These big event fights are so few and far between in that sport that they have to cash in when they happen. Well, I That's hope they thought. cashed in. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the final numbers are going to be. I think be, it was like $16 million at the gate, which is really good. Yeah, I it mean, is. the UFC cater, openly caters to fans. Like Dana White is good about catering exactly. to the fans and giving them the fights that they want and making it a fan-friendly experience. Where boxing, they have a zillion titles. Like, like is Tyson Fury, what heavyweight belts does he hold i mean not all of them right no uh, no uh, i mean so there's like yeah he doesn't even hold all the heavyweight belts uh the pay-per-views are expensive there's not a lot of name value on the on the cards it's like how less fan friendly can you get than well, boxing? well also what you mentioned about dana white is a great point but more importantly boxers are babies and they don't fight to make the show. They fight for the money. UFC people, UFC fighters will go up weight classes. They'll go down weight classes. because they make way, way less money, too. Right, but they'll put themselves through hell just to give the fans like a better a better show, whereas boxers don't necessarily and do that. And, like, he gives bonuses. And there's reasons why. You you saw Anthony Ruiz beat... Anthony, right. Uh, was it Anthony Anthony Ruiz? Joshua, yeah. Yeah, it was the battle of uh, Anthony's, yeah. 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 Right. But uh, doesn't Dana White even... He may give, like, bonuses to guys who really are super active on social media and stuff like i could be wrong about that but i thought that i've read that at some point because he really wants them to promote to promote themselves and obviously promoting yourself is going to promote the sport and their events so um yeah i mean and not only that but like there's just so many other facets to to mixed martial arts than there is to boxing i read something last week i even put it in our paper it was written by a really good ap columnist named tim dahlberg who is also their he's one of their main boxing writers and he was talking about how boxing is back 
and he's got all this all these quotes in there to that effect and I mean, I don't see it. I, heavyweight, heavyweight boxing. Heavyweight boxing is as good as it's been. And that's in why a long that's time. what he was making the he was drawing um, you know, the the, the point out about that. Um, yeah, he said he's had the Wilder Fury fight was his, the biggest fight since Lewis, Lennox Lewis and Mike Tyson. Right. So I mean I what but, is the, but the feel around that fight didn't feel like that sure. Lennox Lewis. No, Mike Tyson a- anything fight. with Mike Tyson it just was off the charts in terms of buzz and hype and anticipation. So uh, these guys aren't nearly as big a stars as Mike Tyson was, right? So, I, or even Lennox Lewis, frankly. <laughs> no, that's very true. I, I I agree with that. My question, Alan, is what? So what do you want to see next? Because heavyweight, the heavyweights are the are carrying the sport. And there's some big names out there, and they have to meet, you know, at some point. Do you want to see the, the Wilder Fury fight again? Do you want to see? They're talking about yeah. So next, uh, what do you so want to see next? The thing with Wilder, and this was almost boat worthy for me, but he blamed his. So the the really yeah, I, cool, I contemplated this. The too. really cool thing about about the fight uh, that we're seeing boxing kind of get into is kind of the pageantry and along the lines of the entrances, which feels a little WWE to me. And but that's but that's cool know, though. But that's, that's going to draw even right. more interest. I think so too. Makes and more Tyson fun. Fury was wise enough to have somebody carry him out, so he didn't waste any energy. But but Deontay Wilder for some reason put a forty pound costume on, and now he's blaming that on making his legs tired. Which come on, if you're a heavy, bogus. if you're a like one of the best athletes in the world, like yeah, can, he's in yeah, cr- <laughs> impeccably conditioned. Like that guy is. Impeccably I was gonna this, this potentially was gonna be my bad look of the week, but yeah. I, I was gonna bring it up. But, I'm glad but, we all but, agree. But, but I'm I just gonna go and throw him on the boat then. Right. Um, yeah. So Alan's already done his scene. Yeah, Alan is jumping ahead <laughs> yeah. today. He's already done his scene. Yeah, he's like, he's gotta leave by five thirty. Let's yeah. get out of here. No. Uh, <laughs> um, but I I think I still do want to see the rematch, and I've seen. Well, you don't want to see Fury and Anthony Joshua fight. Not right now, because you got to draw this out. You only got three or four fighters that you can kind of build multiple <laughs> fights around. That's boxing's other problem. It's you know, it's, true. Not, it's not a deep roster. You've got to try to drag this out a little bit. I, I agree with that. And do it again. And I've Run seen two fights, and I think I've decided Tyson Fury is a much better fighter. I think I think I, I, from what I've seen, I, I have to agree with that, and I would imagine everybody in that community would absolutely agree with that. Right. But just the fact that Wilder has that thunderous power right. that could change the game, you change the fight at any second. I go, I go back to I compare it to a UFC fight that we saw uh, that people were building up, and it was Daniel Cormier versus Derek Lewis, and everybody was like, "Derek Lewis, one punch knockout power," and Daniel Cormier was like. He's got to. He's got to hit me. If you if you if you've got one shot to beat me, you have no shot to right. beat me. Like if, you, that, if that's what you're relying on is your one chance, and you don't really have a chance. And I think that's kind of how I feel with this Wilder and Fury fight. But Wilder was the champion. Yeah. So I I, I believe that when you lose the belt, you get a chance back. I I believe in that. So I I, I want to see them fight one more time, and then me too. It would go to Fury or Joshua. I think the more interesting fight is probably Wilder and Joshua mm-hmm. to me, mm-hmm. but. And just a quick, quick question. It's Andy Ruiz. Uh, Andy Ginger, Ruiz. Not, not, Anthony. not Anthony. So Anthony before everyone jumps on us saying it's Anthony, it yes. is Andy. Uh, catching our own mistakes I knew here. I got it wrong. It is Andy Ruiz Jr. And who, I don't know who or if I want to see that guy fight again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. he's there. He's yeah. the fourth kind of 
it, it's like heavyweight. It, it's boxer. like difficult to wrap your brain around watching him fight because you look at him and you're like, this guy should not be in a heavyweight championship fight. But but he's he's good. I mean, he beat he beat Joshua. I think so. the same thing about Tyson Fury. I mean, that guy doesn't yeah, look like his, he his would be physique, able to go twelve right. rounds either. But um, but, he's, but he's so tall and big. I mean, and long and right. and his like he is very very good himself at not mm-hmm. getting hit. People talk a lot about how how defensive Floyd was. Uh, Tyson does a great job defending himself and protecting his face. Uh, I haven't. We haven't talked in a while. Did John Jones really really win that fight the other night a couple weeks ago? Because everything I said, everything that I saw said that he, it was it was kind of bogus that he got the win. But you have to take the take the belt from the champion, right? Right. I didn't I, get to watch you, the fight. You got to win the fight. Yeah. I think, and I don't think he necessarily okay. won. I I didn't. I didn't score the, the man, way everybody else was scoring. Okay. Woo! Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Rick, Rick Flair style. Um, just jumping back to what we were talking about last week, um, uh, Josh and I were talking about – Josh, you liked the all the NBA All-Star oh, yeah. format too. Like you thought that was great as well. I did. Uh, I was waiting on it because uh, I was working that night. But um, what I wanted to say about it, I know we're – this is old at this point, but – I missed last week's episode and I saw that you guys talked about it. I really wanted to make a point about something. And we talked we've talked about this over the years and um what you always hear from people when you tell when you tell somebody that you're an NBA fan, you take you tell another sports fan that you're an NBA fan, a lot of times you'll get the they don't I like college basketball. It's more pure. They don't play any defense in the NBA. It's pure, That's except for all the guys. Total get, crap. It's pure for all the guys that are getting under the paid under the table and all <laughs> right. and all the recruiting violations that are that yeah. are going I on. I mean, look, don't even get caught or I, reported. Right. I enjoy college basketball, um, but when those guys in the NBA put their minds to playing defense. It is unbelievable how good they are at that, and we saw that. And in the, in of all places, the All Star Game, when in the, in the end at the end of the game, when they had to get to that target target tum, tar, target total was 154 points or something like 157. that. 157. Yeah. Nobody could they couldn't score. Like yeah. those guys were locking it down on it was both awesome. ends. It was awesome because they were the 10 best players in the world, uh, probably, and um, they put their minds to it and. The game was won at the free throw line. Yeah. And, did, and did you see the post-game conf- press conference from Giannis? No, I didn't. Where they asked about the East strategy to try to make a comeback, and he was like, well, we were just giving it to whoever James Harden was guarding. <laughs> <laughs> see, I mean, because that's I the James weak Harden link. wasn't playing defense, and that, like, he right. was the only one who literally can't play defense. Right. But, you know, to anybody who thinks they don't play, the, play defense in the NBA, you're dead wrong. Right. Yeah, it goes back to this Scalabrini conversation I brought up a couple of weeks ago. These guys that think they could take some of these NBA players, there's like yeah. there's, there's like no chance. So, um, and we talked about the Astros thing too. That you have a strong. Did you have any thoughts about that? Uh, I'm, since, I'm, since I'm you already yeah. sort of tired of it. Um, it's just gonna it's gonna continue on. I'm uh, no, I don't really have anything to say about what has happened to this point and what the punishments were. Um, but I'm really interested to see how it plays out this season. And whether it is a storyline that doesn't die, and whether we see um, teams trying to take out their frustration on the Astros, right? It's so, it, it's going to it's going to flare up throughout yeah. the season. I think they it'll definitely flare up in August when they play the Yankees for the first time. Very so. true. And I'm curious to see you know just how badly they're treated by opposing fans. That's going to be fun, I think, to see like some of the signs and some of the stuff that we 
see people bringing to ballparks. Speaking of the so, signs, that, that's going to be my boat yeah. uh, 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 for the week of, uh, regarding the Astros and signs. But um, I do have a bad look for the week, and uh, it's it's a returning bad look of the week, and that's that's the Wizards. I mean, they've yeah. come out they've come out of the All Star break, and they've lost to the Bulls, the Cavs, and the Bucks. Losing to the Bucks, there's no shame in that because the Bucks might be the best team in the league, but. Uh, the Bulls and Cavs are two of the worst teams in the league, two of the worst teams in a long time in the NBA. And the Wizards have lost to both of those teams since the All-Star break. And they've lost those games despite, well, not the Cavs game, but in the Bulls and the Bucks game, Bradley Beal scored 53 and 55 points back-to-back for a guy who can't even make the All-Star team apparently. So yep. so it's like, here we go again with the Wizards. I, I I uh, got on them for their lack of defense a couple of weeks ago. You got guys. And, and now they're losing to some of the worst teams in the league. Well, the Wizards just probably are one of the worst teams in the league. I mean, they are. And um, Bradley Beal is probably the best player on a bad team in the big three sports, maybe. Right. So I'm curious if Scott Brooks will. Huh. Get- That's an interesting conversation. I, I, I haven't thought deeply about it, but that does come to mind. I'm sure he's among the best. At, on bad teams in baseball, basketball, football, maybe even hockey, but I don't know yeah. enough about hockey. I, I wonder if Scott Brooks will get to keep his job after the season. I mean, yes, John Wall isn't playing. He's what about hurt. Trey Young? Yeah, um, but they're yeah, yeah. He's definitely up there too. I mean, they're not as good as you as you would expect. Trey Young be. better than Brad Beal? He, here, no. here, here's the difference. That's, that was my big gripe about. Beal not making it was that Trey Young was a starter, wasn't he? No, maybe he wasn't a starter in the All Star game. Yeah, he was. No, I think yeah. he started. Yeah. So Trey Young started, and Bradley Beal wasn't even on the team. Like to me, that yeah. was a right. major foul. And, and, and Trey Young was also drafted on into his current situation, where Brad Beal chose to resign with the Wizards yeah. just, just just last year. So Brad Beal's in a situation entirely of his own making, where Trey Young is sort of the victim of his greatness and got drafted by a lousy team in in in, in the hawks How, who, um, what about christian mccaffrey um well they they had a down year i mean i don't know that they were among the worst teams you mean in the like NFL. perennial bad team yeah they were the worst team in their division that's the only they were and they and they were bad largely because they lost their quarterback so mm-hmm. were they worse than the falcons would you say the panthers were worse than the falcons uh Falcons were seven and nine. The Panthers were five and eleven. Yeah, the Falcons had some. They came on sort of late in the season. It looked like Dan Quinn was on his way out the door, but then they won some. They beat the Forty Niners. Um, um, they, they won some unexpected games to sort of make their season better than really what it was. Def- so. Definitely no one in baseball. Uh, not now. I mean, Mike Trout was. Um, you know, and they're going to be yeah, good but they're this pretty year. decent. Yeah, and he chose to resign with the Angels too, yeah. so he's in a situation entirely of his own making. So, so you think Scott Brooks could get fired? Well, I mean, you could say it's yeah. the Wizards. What are you expecting? But yeah. it's like, well, how much have they progressed on with him coaching the team? They they really haven't at all, and they've regressed. If you you could, you could make a better argument, they've regressed than than made progress under him. I'm so, gonna. Say, I I would like to see what he does when Wall comes back. Given where that, that, that's sort where of his Beale, out, yeah. Is, where, I, hey, I don't have John Wall. Yeah, given where Beal has has gone as a player and how great he's become, yeah. Let him, let him, uh, let's give him one more year to see what he does w- with Wall back. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a good look uh, this week? Um. Yeah, it's kind of a good look. I just because it made me laugh. It's the whole um, 
story about Madison Bumgarner. Oh, this is <laughs> funny. Yes. I mean, it probably is. Should it could be a bad look too. I didn't actually read the story, but I, yeah, I know what you're talking you, about. You, you don't. Ha- you don't have to read it. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you know the story without even having to read. Okay, it. so, so like the the story is like not written super great. I don't. Well, I, like not, that doesn't take it to the next level. Just the idea was good enough. Yeah, I mean, the story I read was very brief, and it's just I guess the athletic broke. Um, the story this week that Madison Bumgarner has used an alias to compete as a rodeo on a rodeo team. Um, and he's, and he won like $26,000 at some competition recently. <laughs> and, um, he's been doing this for a while. And so they found out about it. It's, appara- it's apparently like an, an open secret in the ro- the rodeo world. And it also is among, I think among the base baseball players, like everybody knows that he does this, but, <laughs> it had never been reported. No one outside of those two circles really knew about it, or his team. And so, right? Is that true? well? Yeah, his the, the yeah the brass of the team had no idea apparently of the, the Diamondbacks who just recently yeah. signed him. But um, what I found most fascinating was about it about it was that he that he agreed to talk about it, and he came clean <laughs> when these two reporters from the Athletics said, "Hey, man, we found out that you have been competing under an alias." Is this true? And he copped to it. And he even said to the guys, like, in, I think what I read, some excerpts of the story, and he was even like, look, guys, I'm really not happy that you that you found this out, and I really don't even want to talk about this with you because you're blowing my cover. But, uh, you know, it's true. Like, I have been doing that. Um, and I just wonder, like, how much he's going to – how he'll go – how he'll move forward with that part of his life. So did you guys <laughs> – you guys read the – I assume when he was Sports Person of the Year. Yeah. I, I read that story, yeah. It was a great story. This yeah. – I mean, reading that story, yeah, this would... sounds so much like something Madison Bumgarner Absolutely. would do. And I'm convinced if he was an East Coast pitcher for the majority of his career, he'd be one of the most beloved athletes in sports. Yeah. Because he's so quirky. Yeah. Uh, that's a good that's Or a really if baseball good point. knew how to market any player at all. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he got he got into a dirt bike accident uh, too that that, that it cost him a portion of his uh, career. So, the the thing that's funny to me about it is like Madison Bumgarner is this big. He's a very distinct looking person. Like, okay, maybe rodeo fans aren't the biggest baseball fans, but at some point, some somebody's got to go. Hey, hey, you know what that that guy that guy sort of looks like Madison Bumgarner. Well, like <laughs> you said, he is like he is a strapping man, and I think most of these guys. And you even did a huge story about. Um, guys who yeah. are in rodeo, they're and they're not big. Yeah. So, like, there's a picture of him online standing next to one of his <laughs> his teammates or whatever, and the guy is like puny compared to him. So, Greg's point is really well made. Right. Like, like, like how how is he being able to <laughs> keep this under wraps for so long? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, that's why to me is incredibly amusing, and I just could not believe that he copped to it when these two reporters came to him. He could have just said like. Any any spokesperson that we that we know of, you know, right. they could have just said no comment, or I'm not yeah. talking about that, or I refuse to well, address. And, this. and all these teams have like PR people that could like shoo shoo them away, shoo these reporters away. So, um, well, it's going to be hard for the Arizona Diamondbacks to shoo them away when they don't know that it's happening. <laughs> yeah, they have no clue what uh, that anybody yeah, would yeah. be asking about that. Right, you sort of that, that's that's how you have to, the reporters did it the right way because if, uh, if if they went through the staff, there's there's no way this this would. And I, I yeah. think I think part of that maybe why Bumgarner did talk to them was they would he probably knew they were going to go to the team. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, they were, the team was going to find out regardless. It's probably good just to cop to it right there, yeah. like as quick as just possible. A, just imagine the poor calf that's about to get roped. I mean, like you say, it's like these puny guys, <laughs> and the, like the calf looks over. And sees well, this, was like, he doing calf roping or bull riding? 
He wasn't doing bull riding. It was okay. like it was. He was on a team of of guys that were roping calves. Gotcha. And uh, but Greg's right. Yeah. Right. Imagine being like <laughs> looking over and seeing the like six fives. <laughs> I'd be run, I'd be running faster than I've ever run before to to, to get away from Madison. Uh, Bumgarner, so yeah, but you know he could very easily injure his arm or his hand or something, and bingo. I mean, they just signed him to like an eighty-five million dollar contract or something. You know, in baseball, that's all he's getting that money, right? So, so Allen's already thrown his person onto the bus. Well, I had, um, I had calls, yeah, he always one. calls it the bus. Yeah, did you do that on purpose? <laughs> I called I, 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 call I, it the I, boat I, this time. No, I, I I say the bus for Allen because he's called it the bus a couple of times. I, I do have another one, but I'll let you go first because I actually have two, and I think you'll say one. Okay. The people I'm throwing under the boat are anyone that is confiscating signs at these Astros oh, spring, tra- spring training games. It's like – and all the jokes were all over Twitter over the weekend. It's like I thought the Astros learned their lesson about sign stealing and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's like you have to let – like the Astros did something really bad. It's a huge cheating scandal. You have to let these fans – vent a little bit and 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 and, and, and sort of give the Astros a little grief about it uh, just because I mean, and why are you like it's not like these signs are profane there's, there's nothing really inappropriate about them they're making fun of a huge cheating scandal and and holding these guys accountable and major league baseball which has mishandled this entire thing as we talked about last week they're taking signs from people that are making fun of this. It's like it's 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 like what are you what are you doing? Here's my problem with it. I agree with everything you said. But here's my problem with it. If you're the fan, why the hell would you give them the give them the sign? I'd be like, get out of here. You're not taking my sign. What are you going <laughs> to kick me out of this spring training game? I'll leave. Like, how much money did it right. cost to go to the game? And, Who and, cares? And what do they think is going to happen? Like when they're in the the much bigger stadium? What you think? No one's bringing signs to heckle the Astros this season in these massive stadiums. You think they're going to be able to take all these? Yeah, these little spring training sites. They could maybe get most of the signs, but but like, what? Imagine if you're that fan and some this woman just walks up to you and is like, "Give me that sign." You can't have that. What would you have said to that? I'd have been like, "Get out of here!" Are you right. kidding me? Like I brought, you know, I came in through the front door, or yeah, the you, front you, gates you, with this. You, sign. Bought, you bought a ticket, you didn't stop me there. Right, you paid money to get into the game, and you're going to be thrown out because you brought a, a, yeah. a sign a sign in. I would have gladly I mean, good left. Good luck confiscating all of those signs right. this year. I would have. Like, That's what I mean. Like, what do they? What do they think is going to happen once the regular season starts? Yeah, and uh, even even at home, they're going to get it. Like, because visiting visiting fans are going to come in there and you know make their make their statement and yeah, good luck Astros, you're not stopping that. Yeah, one of the signs like had an asterisk on it, like uh, with a, this, the asterisk and then Strohs after that. that. That's a good sign. There's nothing inappropriate <laughs> or bad about. It's not even that mean a sign, and it was some per- yeah. some security guys taking that sign. So, so Major League Baseball and anyone that's confiscating these signs that are giving it to the Astros, it's like. Well, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, Josh, did you have a boat person this week? Uh, Alan can go. Uh, yeah. So mine, uh, two actually. Um, one is Tony Grossi, ESPN, uh, Cleveland reporter, who who, I, yeah. who covers the Browns. Covers who, the who, Browns. Who I, I I I enjoy him. I I uh, I think he does a good job. But yes, I've I've heard about this. Go ahead. Uh, he was suspended um, from his job for calling Baker Mayfield. Uh, expletive midget. While he wasn't, he didn't know he was being recorded. Peers were recording a show, and when you're in the radio business, you should probably know when a hot mic is on. And this is the second time he's got himself in, yeah, the, in some hot the, hot stuff because he the, the was first fired was, from the, the plane dealer. The, the first time that was ridiculous, though. I mean, do you know the backstory there? 
Uh, he doesn't know how Twitter works. Well, correct. But <laughs> but but even what he tweeted, like he he, he called he, the Browns owner a pathetic figure and the most irrelevant billionaire yeah, in history. Uh, no, he got but, fired for that. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's my point. Was Call, he a columnist? No, he's a no. He's, he's a reporter, a, a, beat, a beat writer. He, yeah. he, calling someone an irrelevant mm. billionaire is is not that big of a, he's a, a big pathetic, of an offense. Pathetic yeah. figure is that what he said? Yeah. You still just like. You don't say it. No, not uh, when you work. I, if, for, not when you work for like one of those legacy newspapers. That's like you have to maintain impartiality. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, but I'm not sure you should have lost his job. He should have been stripped. He, he, he should just understand how right hot mics and Twitter work. Y- yes, uh, I, 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 someone brought this to my attention. I'm like, man, technology is really not his friend because no, not uh, at all. <laughs> because he because Twitter cost him his first job, and now he's been suspended from this. He he deserves this one um, just because you might you shouldn't be saying that right about probably someone you're covering like that anyway, uh, even though I'm sure guys do all the time and we never know about it. But, um, but yeah, if, if you're in a radio studio or in a spot where you're getting recorded, you, have to, you might want to <laughs> uh, watch what you're saying. So he, des- he deserved what, what this suspension. And the so. boat. He's going to go on the boat yes. and serve a suspension. All right, go ahead. Uh, and then the second one is ESPN as a whole because they canceled High Noon, which is one of my favorite shows featuring Fa- Pablo Torre I don't even and Bomani Jones. I've never heard of that show. I saw that, wow. it was fa- I saw that it was canceled and everybody was going bonkers about it. It is like one of the only smart shows ESPN has. Wow. that that is. Then what, what was their reasoning? It was too nuanced, a.k.a. Oh smart. Wow. <laughs> Now, did they, no, that's did, literally what they put in the press those two guys, is, is to, It's nuance. Those two guys retained jobs at yeah, ESPN, but, but they're not doing their show. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, right. And so Pablo Torre found out uh, yesterday that the show was canceled the same day that his daughter was born. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's That's stinks. unfortunate. That, 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 that stinks. <laughs> so, I mean, I think they just want all these people spouting the Yeah, the, right. The, 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 the I just, there's just no line. room for smart television takes anymore and for and to talk about nuance and complex issues that are happening See, around I, you. Dude, I had no idea ESPN even had a smart show. So that's because yeah. I, I don't watch ESPN. It's, it's, funny you say it's a live event. It's funny you say there's no room because all we have now are 24-hour networks that are just desperately trying to fill yeah. the time any way possible and there's no room for a smart show. I mean, it, it, are they going to cancel 30 it, for 30 too? <laughs> it, it's really, Those really good documentaries. We can't have this. Yeah, we can't put our resources I mean, into that. Just, just everyone's need to get to the lowest common denominator in yeah. society, just not just sports, but across all platforms is sort of disheartening. Yeah, I, I mean, I, they I, wiped I out the magazine, which was like right. some of the best journalism you'll see. That's a segue for my boat. All right. So, yeah, Sports Illustrated is now once a month, too. That's so. a segue for my boat. Yeah. The people that I'm throwing on the boat are the owners of sports, the new owners of Sports Illustrated. I don't even know what company it is. I'm sure Maven. somebody out there. Yeah, okay. So you, I remember reading about it when they took over. But Greg and I were talking about this last night. I, I just recently got my most recent edition of it. And I, I quite honestly, I forgot I even subscribed to Sports <laughs> Illustrated anymore because it comes like every two weeks. And what's in it is really not all that great anymore. There's still a look. Steve Russian wrote a story that's I'm sure I, I'll read it and I'll enjoy it. There was um, a feature of cover story on Michaela Schiffer and that was by Greg Bishop that was pretty good. I mean, they still have some really good talent there, obviously, but the product itself is you know they've condensed it into. Um, do they even do the swimsuit issue? I, I, I don't I've, know. I've heard like no buzz about the swimsuit issue at all. Exactly, and that's got you would figure that would be and that, coming up, and that, right? That's usually this time of year. Yeah, that, so that they that, do that. You, yeah, I don't know what's going on with that, but um, and my main my main gripe here, and the main reason I'm throwing these people on the boat is because I recently got an email from them saying that my my subscription is going to be up soon, and that 
I have to renew it, and and the fee is eighty nine dollars uh, a year. I just renewed for ninety nine. <laughs> it's not worth that. Like, I mean, I not you, once a month not, for sure. Is it once a month that we even get it? I don't even. I can't. I mean, even. the issues are now saying like March or yeah. eight, it's got the month on. They used to have the week. And the reason why I don't think it's worth it is because when they when these issues come out, uh, they make a lot of the content available on the internet for free. So what the hell am I paying for? I, I'm paying for the tangible magazine well, that's, that I can carry with me somewhere. Or, or the idea that you're supporting them. Right. And I, and I love... If you're altruistic. I'm, I'm not kidding you. I, for my entire life, uh, it, before I got into the profession, my goal was always to work for Sports Illustrated. Like That was my dream. It, it's, your, it's your email yeah, uh, handle. I, it was my email address that I started when I was in... Uh, in college as a freshman is is what it is because I've always wanted to work at Sports Illustrated. And uh, it just kills me to say that I am not going to subscribe anymore, but I think I'm going to cancel it. I mean, if I can read what I want to read on the internet for free, why the hell would I pay for it? Haven't you done this before, though, where you canceled it and then they gave you some sweetheart deal to, to come back? I've never, no, I've never canceled I, it. I think that's the way to do it because I think Sports Illustrated is offered in a lot of these magazine like, yeah. mass buys and they give it to you for next to nothing i think so if you well, cancel maybe that's it, what happens yeah. so if you cancel it maybe they'll come back with a great deal right. and, you, and you'll sign up for like 20 dollars what direct tv yeah but then you're just going to cancel again when they raise right. the prices next year so what, and continue no, decimating but, but if the they're content. raising it, if they're raising it from 20 20 instead of like they're not going to raise it from 20 to almost 100 like what they're charging us now so. and, did, and didn't you just find out recently that robert klimko he no, no longer work, works. Yeah, for he works. Yeah, for the he, Washington he left Post. for the Washington Post. Yeah, yeah. I but, mean, did he wait? Did he leave? He left for the Washington. Okay, Post. Okay, I was. He kept that. he kept his job through the layoffs. Okay, gotcha. Okay, uh, yeah, I was I was curious if that had to do with the new management coming in and and maybe um, getting rid of some guys, but but no, I don't he, know. He, yeah, he's an investigative sports reporter for the Washington Post, so I think he's just going to okay. take on these big. So they have they have some awesome uh, people. They could do some big. Like Rick Mays is still there. We're talking about the post now. Rob Klemko is a great addition uh, to the staff who spent two years going to my alma mater. He, he started at Robert Morris before, before he transferred to uh, to Maryland. I think he was a football player at Robert Morris uh, for, for two years before he uh, wound up at Maryland in their awesome journalism school. So, so yeah, the post. Uh, and l- luckily, we're, we could use those stories. I sure. mean, um, they have some awesome guys that could just attack big issue stories. So. Yeah, so anyway, I'm a little disillusioned right now with SI, and I'm not sure what I'm going to do about that. But this also could segue. Look, I'm doing all these segues. You're, the segue, segue, you're the segue master. Right into my scene, okay? So I have two scenes in our scene or to-be-seen segment. And my scene is that I'm reading a book about Sports Illustrated, oddly. Oh, yeah? I'm reading The Franchise, which was written by michael mccambridge and i think it was written within the last 15 years let's say it's the history of sports illustrated and how it became what it is and i sent you guys this excerpt does it does it end before the may maven <laughs> right it does it does um i haven't gotten through it yet but i'm halfway through it maven has not made an appearance yet <clears throat> anyway there's a part in this book that i i cannot and i can't believe actually happened and to set the scene though back in the 60s um, and seventies, which is where I am in the books in the history of the of this magazine, drinking was a huge part of being a staff member. No, at yeah, Sports Frank Frank DeFord was a, like a socialite, uh, base, basically. Right. Yeah. Drinking was a big part of any 
yeah journalism yes. job so and i and and i i guess i had an inkling about that because i've re- i've read a lot of i've read frank defort's <clears throat> um, biography and i've read um enough about the history of the magazine but what happened was a lot of times these guys would put in like a half a day of work if they were in town if they weren't on assignment somewhere and then at lunch they would go to this bar whichever bar it was at the time that they frequented and they would have lunch and they would it would be like the, the classic three martini lunch and they would just start drinking um and a lot of their story ideas came out of conversation and whatnot that took place at the bar. So these guys were all like heavy, heavy drinkers. And, um, that's not even what I'm going to get into. What I'm going to mention as my scene, this, this, so you, it talks a lot about that, like that lifestyle and how that was a big part of the writer's lives. But there's also a part, um, that they, that they talk about, and it was between Walter Yos. Is that how you pronounce the famous photographer's last name? I O O S S. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, he was he was um, notorious for uh, his drug use and whatnot, and was also a very dashing uh, guy, and was uh, very much in the social scene like the Ford was. But anyway, he um, went down to cover the fight between Joe Frazier and George Foreman. Uh, a heavyweight fight in the 70s that was a huge deal and he went down there with a with a writer uh bud shrake i think his name was and they decided that they were going to smoke a giant joint this was in jamaica the fight was in jamaica so they were going to smoke hard to find a joint this enormous joint i can't remember what the phraseology was the elephantine elephantine Elephantine. joint and they were going to do smoke it right before the fight not right before, but um, anything called elephantine, like with yeah. the word elephant in yeah. it, is going to be yeah big, is what you think of. And they smoked it within a couple of hours of the start of the fight, let's say. And the photographer Walter Use was like, "It's going to wear off by the time the fight starts." And so they got to the fight, and they're watching the fight. And wouldn't you know it, the fight like basically ends in the first round because Foreman just destroys Frazier, and these guys are like clearly st- they're totally stoned still and i think the one of them even looks at the other and says it hasn't worn off yet like right when the start fight's getting ready to start and i think the story was that walter use um was trying to take as many photos as he could as like frazier's down on the canvas and he's trying to rewind his film and he realized that he didn't even put any in his camera so he got like no photos of i wonder how you explain that away to the right. boss right and, <laughs> and i think he even said like this was the last fight that they sent me to um, and he's like okay. he's world famous for being a Sports Illustrated swimsuit photographer. As yeah, well. Super Super Bowls. They said they he, yeah. they sent him to all the big events. Yeah. So, but and so apparently, like uh, the the writer, um, I think he's the out. photographer who got the catch. Um, Montana it was either Clark. Yeah, you might be right. Um, but anyway, I can't. Could you imagine? I can't function when I've had like. A couple of beers. I think I even texted that yeah. to you guys. Like, if you give me a couple, like these two beers that were in here that Chris Sands had, you know, if I had a couple of those beers and we were, you know, all three of us were hanging out on like a Friday night uh, or on a Saturday weekend, I would not be able to function as a professional after a couple of beers. And these dudes had to like work, or the photographer couldn't really do anything about it. But the the writer had to write. He had to file his story like that night after he had smoked this like giant dube and <laughs> was probably. He wasn't high anymore after that. They're artists, Josh, yeah. artists. Like some of the musicians said, like whatever drug they were high on, they that's when they wrote some of their best songs or whatever. Yeah. So. so these guys were all like prodigious uh, drinkers, and it, uh, I'm sure most of them wrote and wrote incredibly well. 
and much better than yeah, any of th- us th- could th- write th- while th- they were th- drunk. <laughs> <laughs> that, that boxing story is probably the best story the guy's ever written in yeah. his career, or one of them. So, so I mean, the second scene that I wanted to mention was I I saw it was it's actually a person. I I saw a friend of mine that I haven't seen, or I, I wouldn't say I haven't seen him. There's a childhood friend of mine. We got together for lunch. Um, his name's John. Um, I haven't socialized with John in like God knows how many years, 20 some odd years. Uh, he was like a really good friend of mine growing up. We played baseball together. John was like the reason I got so interested in, in, in sports. He was a huge sports fan. He and I initially bonded over baseball um, and football, but he got me interested in basketball and taught me a lot about basketball and taught me a lot about hockey um which i'm still not a huge fan of but i was back when i was a kid and we were friends no it's on espn yeah yeah so um anyway it was just awesome you know it's it's really cool when you catch up with people that you haven't seen in a long time and realize that you know not a lot so you, we've changed a lot over the years but really you know at the core like we're still the same people and we, we have a lot of commonalities and it was just really great to catch up with my old friend john fantastic i hope john's listening so yeah Tell him, tell him he was mentioned, and then he might tune in. Yeah. So, um, Al, Alan, you already did your. Um, your yeah, I already did my scene. scene. Okay. Uh, speaking of Sports Illustrated, I did want to mention Steve uh, Ruchin's, uh feature on uh, Christian uh, Pulisic, uh, the the great American soccer player who's playing over in the English Premier League. Just read his lead, and you're automatically drawn into the story. Ruchin's the best, probably sports writer ever. So I wonder if he's was high on something when he when he wrote that <laughs> story or was drunk or wonder if he smoked an elephantine uh, joint before he wrote that story. He, he he probably could be high on that and still write be write better stories than than all of us like like you said Josh. Yep. But I wanted to mention that it's in the in the I guess it's the March issue of Sports Illustrated <laughs> the March issue of Sports Illustrated <laughs> which, which which sounds funny to say. Um but 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 check that out and and also the, the so some of the stuff from the the Kobe Bryant uh, memorial at uh, Staples Center uh, this week well, was good. Uh, Vanessa Bryant well, th- gave an incredible speech. Ima- imagine uh, eulogizing your uh, husband and your daughter. I mean, so uh, sh- uh, she had a great speech. And Michael Jordan made fun of himself. He doesn't often do it by saying because he was crying. And the crying Jordan meme has been out there for several years. And Jordan said, "Kobe's got me now, and now I'm going to have to." Look at this cry- a new crying meme for the next three or four years, and that that got everyone to laugh and stuff like that. So, uh, so there was some good stuff from the from the Kobe Bryant memorial too. So that that would be my scene. Yeah, my my favorite was the Shaq um, tidbit. Shaq he spoke very quickly and was uh, was really good, but he had like a, a really good deadpan. Um, uh, story that he told about how he kobe was uh, just go ahead and repeat it <laughs> yeah right kobe was uh back when they first started playing together his teammate the, the teammates were like wondering why kobe wasn't passing the ball and like they went to Shaq and they're like Shaq, you need to talk to kobe about you know we, we we need the ball he's being a ball hog so Shaq went and said kobe there's no i in team and kobe said yeah but there is an mf and me right <laughs> there is an mf and me right exactly so, uh, and my favorite part of that was actually the line that follows after everybody started la- stopped laughing he said i go back to rick fox and john sally and i'm like just go for the rebounds yeah, guys he's, he's, not passing. he's not passing <laughs> right well, that's what made so, co- mu- so much sway Shaq had. Yeah. That, that's what made kobe great and Shaq. Shaq- his general speaking style is deadpan. He's so, so great, right? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, like, he, like his his voice doesn't change or emote really at all. So, 
Um, so any to be scenes, uh, it, the, the combine is going on, I guess. And then, I mean, Alan likes it. I, I mean, I'll, I'll check out some stuff, but I, I just find it amusing how much stock is put in the combine. Um, and uh, no, not, not a lot of other to be scenes yeah. that I could think of, of, at least in the next week or so. So, all right, boys. Thank you, Alan, uh, for doing this as always. Josh, welcome back. And yep. uh, we will see everyone back next week on Just Another Sports Podcast. <laughs>